everyone. It's April, and here, Tony and I are here again this week to uh, do a little pep talk and also to uh, talk to Veronica and ask her a few questions. I have a wonderful, wonderful story to tell quickly, but it's a wonderful story. Now, all of you who have listened for, you know, the last four or five years have heard me talk endlessly about my dog, Guinness. Guinness is now 19, which every week I give you a little progress report. Last week after the show, um, he wasn't acting right. He was drinking lots of water. Uh, all the all the red flags for bad diseases, <laughs> you know, all the red flags are waving. So I normally do not like to take him to the regular vet. He's been going to the same guy who's excellent with him and has an open mind about holistic stuff for the past 17 years that he's been here. But I don't like taking him there because they tend to say, well, he needs this pharmaceutical and this pharmaceutical. And I say, well, okay, you know, I'll try to stay away from that. If I can, I try to do minimal. So I called and made an appointment for him. And my doctor's still not taking People still can't come into the vet's office. What you do is you drop them off. They take them in all day, and which in a way is good because this doctor likes to observe them. He, he works on patients in a big room, and he can watch other dogs while he's working on another dog. And so I took him in, and I said, look, I think, I think we need a blood test. Here's what's happening. And he said to me, he goes, well, it, it could be renal failure. It could be diabetes. He says, there's a lot of things it could be, or it could just be shutting down for some reason. So I drop him off, and they call me back, and they say, well, we're going to do a full blood panel. We're going to do a urine analysis, and we'd like to also take an X-ray of his abdominal area just to make sure there's nothing weird going on. So I said, okay, and they had it all together, and then they said, well, we're going to wait for the blood test and the urine analysis to come back, and then we'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Let's make an appointment for 11 o'clock. I said, okay. So... Tuesday comes, it was on Tuesday, and 11 o'clock comes, no call. So at about 11.15, I'm like pulling my hair out, and I call them. Apparently, there were two dogs hit by cars simultaneously that day. Dr. Anku was in surgery from like 10 in the morning to about 4 in the afternoon, which means he couldn't talk to me, and this was way more important to me. This was an emergency. So I had to wait till like 4, 4.30, which was torture, but I understood why. So Dr. Andrew calls me and he says, well, he says the x-ray only shows that his liver is slightly enlarged, but he does have a pretty severe bladder infection. And I said, how does that happen? And he said, well, in older dogs, sometimes it just comes up, they get you know, the, the, the organ is not working properly or there's something amiss and, you know, that gets an infection and there you go. He said, those with bladder infections drink a lot, pee a lot, and sometimes stop eating a little bit. I mean, they, they stop eating because it kind of hurts to pee and stuff. So I said, okay, so what else? I said, I said what are you going to tell me about the bad stuff? He goes, well, the, the bladder infection is the bad stuff. I went, uh... There's no diabetes. There's no nothing. He goes, no, there's no tumors, no nothing. I do see his liver is slightly enlarged. And he said, what I would do for that now is just to start giving him milk thistle because I'm more concerned about milk thistle for the liver, but I'm more concerned with him uh, 
with the bladder infection. So we've got to get him on antibiotics straight away. I said, okay. And he says, and I've also noticed that for observing him today that, you know, I think he's moving into a little bit of cognitive difficulties. He says, no, I know he's pretty blind, so that, that speaks for some of it. He says, but there's medication now for mild um, cases of dementia, Alzheimer's, for dogs. He said, there's three levels of it. He said, I suggest that we try for 60 days this medicine. He said, it's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt his heart. It's not going to hurt his liver, nothing. He said, but it might help stimulate his brain cells so that he has a little bit more clarity. Because Guinness does forget what he's doing. Sometimes I have to sit with him while he eats and remind him, hey, you're eating. Don't be, don't be looking around. And so I said, okay. So it's been ordered, and we'll see what it is. It's only for two months. And if it works, great. If I see one item that's a little bit weird, I'm stopping it immediately. But I, I think it's worth the try. Because Guinness is 19. I know we're at the end of the road here, but he keeps bouncing back so strongly. And I looked at him and I said, Guinness, I said, the only thing you got going on is that bladder infection. And I could tell he's looking at me going, duh, yeah, that's the only thing. I'm fine. I'm old, but I'm fine. So everyone, I got a little bit more time with Guinness. And I don't care if it's a day, a week, a month, I'll take anything I can get <laughs> any time with Guinness. And it's fortunate that I work from home and I he sits at my feet all day in his little soft bed. And if he breathes crooked, I know it. So, And the doctor also said in uh, the x-ray, he said his heart looks okay. And he said there's a little bit of stuff on it, but he said I compared it to an old x-ray. It actually looks a little better. So, And this is a real, he's black and white. Does that, um, you know, he's real traditional, but he is does have an open mind to the holistic stuff, which I bring up constantly. And he said, I don't know what you're doing, April, but whatever you're giving him verbally seems to be supporting and helping greatly, along with pet med that I gave you. He said, it seems that this is a nice little combination. He says, there's stronger heart medicines, but I don't think he needs it. I'm like, wow. I said, he's been in this heart weird thing. And he had a stroke about a year and a half ago. He goes, well... It looks better now. He said, which doesn't happen often. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. But he said, but don't stop the, the pharmaceutical on that. I said, oh, absolutely not. So anyways, I'm going to give you all the update every week, but I had a reprieve. And let me tell you, my heart was so heavy on Monday because I thought, okay, here we go. This is, you know, this could be really bad news. You've got to be strong. And you can't let Guinness know you're upset. When I had that news, it was like a boulder was lifted off my shoulders. It was like, oh, thank you, universe. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm going to get some more time. And I really need the time because he is my best friend. So, Tony, I am just yeah. so excited and thrilled. I, ha- I-, I think I called you like at 12 o'clock. Tonight. I know, I know. It's, yeah, that was really, really good news. That's great. Oh, our little baby over there. Well, he's you know. sitting here now. He did his he did his meds this morning. Getting food and his meds down him are not the easiest of things to do because he's picky. He sniffs every because all he got left is really his sniffer, and he sniffs it to death before he'll eat it. <laughs> do it, well, but yeah. 
but he's 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 still kicking. And his le- his walkie legs, I think, are getting a little better as well. When I take him out to pee in the morning for the last, now this is a little funny, but I take him out to pee, and it's usually at 5 a.m. He's been peeing with all four feet on the ground because he couldn't balance because his back, he couldn't lift his leg to pee because yeah. balance was off and his leg was all walkie. This morning, Tony, he did a regular pee. He lifted, he lifted his leg up and he did a pee. Wow, that's great. And that hasn't happened for months. Attributing it to this extend, it's called extend. It's got glucosamine in it, MSM. It's got all this collagen and all kinds of stuff in it that support legs that start to go walking. It's working. I was stunned. And he lifted his leg up just like he did when he was a kid. You know, he'd lift it up and it would stay up, stay up, stay up like a ballet move. He hasn't done that in a year. Wow. So I am thrilled. I am thrilled. Yes. And he was trotting around this morning out there at 5 a.m. wanting to sniff everything. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me pull my sweater a little closer because I'm freezing. But he stayed right. out there for about 20 minutes just trotting around. So I'm, well, you know, that, that's great because I worry every time you tell me different things and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. I really yeah. thought on Monday that it was the end of the road. It's like, okay, you got to come back down to reality, April. You got to face this. He's nineteen. Suck it up, because you're going to have to make yeah. this okay for him. Right, I almost fell right. out of my chair when he told me that. He said, "Well, he's got a you know pretty bad bladder infection. Let's get rid of that." He said, "I think he's going to be fine." Yeah. Well, that's the best. That's great. Yeah, best news ever. It's made my week. Nothing else could bother me this week. The whole world could no. fall off the edge. <laughs> I don't care. Cause right. Guinness is here. That's right. That's right. So anyway, oh, I'm going to go, How? Well, honey, wait a minute. How are your kids? Are they still doing okay? We're all fine so far, you know. Um, they need a bath desperately, but with the snow we had and the melting we've had, can't do it yet, but we're getting close. But everyone's doing good. I'm so glad. You know, as long as our pets are doing okay, I feel like the world is a sunshiny place. I know. (laughs) I don't don't know all the other stuff going on because Guinness did a pee, a three-legged pee today. (laughs) I know. But but it highlighted my morning. It sure did. That's great. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to go get Veronica and... Talk to our people and just keep that joy coming because it's it's a beautiful day everywhere. Yes, it is. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And uh, that is good news about our little boy, Guinness. Um, so let's just keep our fingers crossed, keep him strong, and keep moving forward. And I'll encourage you, as I always do, to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you, my dear. Our first question is coming from from Kay. Where is one when you are anatonic? 
Are you aware of what's going on around you? Ah, the catatonic state in the human, yes. Well, being in a physical body is always an effort to be in it. And sometimes when you are in physical linear reality, there can be extreme emotional distress, extreme um, anxiety about things. And it's usually very immediate and very strong. It kind of hits you across the face and smacks you out of your body slightly. And when there's extreme emotional distress, sometimes the soulful energy just finds a hard time dealing with it. And the harshness of physical reality for a very sensitive soul can push them into a catatonic state, which we feel is it's kind of like half out of the body, but still in the body. It's not because you're wanting to leave and cross over, but sometimes the stress and the emotional discombobulation of the experience can cause the incarnate to go, oh, I, I, I can't do this. i got to back up. And they move into a state that we would say catatonic is somewhere between being completely focused in the physical and completely not being focused in the physical. Many souls do this to cope when they are faced with something that is very harsh. And it could be emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, all of it. And you do know, we think most individuals who go into this catatonic state still have some awareness. Now, again, there's different levels of that, so there's no standardization. And many who go catatonic or go into comas, they may not be totally functioning in the reality, but they are aware of the reality. They've just chosen to take a sabbatical from participating in it fully due to the stress and anxiety they may have been experiencing. There are many who have come out of comas and catatonic state who are able to relate to those around them exactly what went on when they were in that state. So it has been sort of scientifically linear. So we would say you are aware. We'd say there probably are a few moments where maybe somebody's so pulled back from it that they don't. But we'll say nine out of ten times you do. And it's usually from extreme emotional distress in a harsh reality that the incarnate just can't handle. Okay, Veronica, our next question is coming from Steve. My younger daughter had an invisible friend. So detailed, we all began to feel like we knew him. Was my daughter making it up or was he real? Many children remember and participate with spirit a lot between the ages of infancy to maybe six or seven. When they start to get more socialized and start going to school and start participating in things and becoming more focused in the linear, they often do not still see, and we will call this a guide, your daughter, her guide was hanging out with her, talking to her, encouraging her. And for her, it was her best friend had come to help her get more acclimated to the linear reality. Now, your daughter was very young, but she knew that this individual was real. And she was seeing it with eyes that had not been 
clouded over by dense linear reality yet. It's older. The tendency to be able to see things that are unseen goes away quite a bit. But there are those who go well into adulthood and still can see it. And we do think it is a true gift. Your daughter wasn't imagining it. She was participating in sort of an out-of-body experience with this energy. And the energy was helping her greatly. So we think it is very cool that you uh, participated with her on this because we do think it encouraged the energy to stay probably a little longer and help her a little bit more. But your daughter was not imagining it. It was real. All right. Uh, Julianne would like to know, I have been told that there are many, many planes of existences with copies of all of us on them. Is that true? What she's speaking of, Julianne, you are participating in sort of taking a look at parallel lives. You, each life that you have, we've talked about this many times on the show, are parallel lives where, yes, you are having a different participation on different planes of existence. And they, it's true. Because it is a copy of you. It's, it's, it's not a copy. It's, it's you participating in these other places. And whoever talked to you probably understood it better by saying, well, there's copies of you on all these different planes of existence. But what this individual was talking about was parallel lives. Perhaps not as detailed as it should have been, or maybe you just haven't related the details of it, but each parallel life is a the life that you're living now, but making different choices. So, yes, it would appear if you're looking at it from linear eyes from a distance, it would look like it's, you know, uh, copies. But it's not. Each one of your parallel lives is very real, very um, helpful in your evolution, and does exist. Okay. Uh, Sarah writes in, do we reincarnate over and over with same people every time? Well, if you have read the Michael books, he speaks of cadres. Cadres are groups of individual souls, maybe 10 to 20 of them, who go from experience to experience reincarnating with each other to have different points of view, have different experiences, but they do travel in cadres. Not every soul does that. We hate to say every answer is there's no standardization, but that's kind of true. Um, the probability of cadre going from life to life is very strong, and there is a comfort in it. And when you run into somebody in the reality that's from your cadre, there's always this warm, embracing, loving energy exchange, and yet you probably never knew, you know, ran into the person before in that particular life. So we say, yes, you do. You do travel in cadre. But there are some who maybe take a sabbatical from that and incarnate a few times without their cadre. But it's a comfort, we would say, to run into some of the same energies who have that familiar home-like feeling that emanates from them and embraces you. So, yeah, you do. But there are many times where you do come in by yourself, but we think the best experience is, is coming in with your cadre. All right, Veronica. That was our last question. 
And if you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the show today. And, you know, I always, always encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And, uh, you know, we'll do our best to get your question on the air. And don't be shy. Veronica would love to hear from you. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, here we are, another show, another conversation. What we think is really important here, because your world is a bit in a disarray at the moment, we think all of you need to concentrate on being hopeful, concentrate on expecting miracles, concentrate on seeking the positive in every situation that you find yourself in. And we understand that many times you find yourself in a situation that is not great, and you're wondering, what do I do? We think you have to change how you think about things a bit. You have to start realizing that the reality around you, sometimes it's a co-thing where there's more than one, a collective reality, and then sometimes there's a singular reality. We think in your singular reality, your focus of the world should be filled with expectation of miracles, expectation of positiveness, expectation of a warmth of love that could permeate you down to the core of your soul. Having that expectation rather helps color and contour the reality and sort of sets up a little bit of a barrier not to let in the riffraff so to speak. So we think every day when you wake up, look around and say, I am expecting the best today. I'm expecting things to be good. Now, I'm not going to be disappointed if some things fall by the wayside. But let's say I pick five things of positive expectation today. And I'm going to stay in that energy because that helps me create it. And if only one of the things comes to fruition, I will be pleased and grateful to the universe. If nothing shows up, then that means I've got a little work to do and I need to go back and start being even more positive. All of you are participating right now in a collective reality that it's kind of skipping a beat here and there. can write itself. Focus on positive. It's really easy to be pushed into thinking negatively. It's real easy to have the hair trigger where it puts you into a bad state of mind. That's easy. What's more difficult is maintaining your stance of positiveness and expecting the best out of your creations for the day. That is a good stance to have. If you start succumbing to what, oh, this is bad, oh, that happened, oh, that bad thing over there happened, then you're going to get caught up in that swirl. Back up from other people's stuff and focus. And if you're going to collectively create with somebody, have that expectation of positiveness because that will help create it. The world will keep on turning. The world will continue to support incarnates as they come in. At the end of the day, it's how the incarnate thinks about things that creates the reality. And we know there are many of you out there that are going to go, oh, well, this happened to me and that happened to me. Bad things happen. Unfortunate things happen. 
But if you are strong in your positiveness, you can get through anything. And the majority of you are extremely strong, extremely focused, extremely loving, extremely good creators. Don't let yourself get sidelined with negativity. Don't let that be the torch you follow. Let positiveness be the torch that you follow. Sometimes negativity will come up and bite you, but you're going to keep going and you're going to remain positive and not allow those things to come even close to you. Remember who you are, all of you. Positive, wonderful, incarnate, having a linear experience which sometimes can be full of muck and mire. Rise above it and become one with your own positiveness. It's really the only way to get through it. Okay, thank you, Veronica, beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.